I put Dave and Reno in the studio and they recorded the first um, Edison Project record with um, with a couple of guys, with Jamie Jones and John Colbeck. And and Zach and Micah heard it and loved it and came back. And then then we wow. worked, then we recorded the the big record with Don Dixon and it, it was it was pretty odd. They did some great Super touring. Cool. Yeah, we had some good time with those guys. I'm sure you did. Sorry, side just sidetrack. No, 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 it's all no, good. No. Hey, hey, we got it. We so, got it. So, Joe, I got to ask somehow. you what what did you want to be when you grew up? A rock star. Welcome to the show. This week, we talked to local musician and founder of Glue Stick Music, Joe Stevenson. We get brought in to help kind of run the show, put everything together. Once we got all those artists, it got picked up in 50 markets across the country from Maine to Hawaii. I was the host, and I got to play. The cool thing was it raised um, over a million dollars for one hour. We talked to Joe about his insight into the local Augusta music scene. But then I'm always just blown away by the the talent, by the the artists. I'm like, oh, God, I wish more people could experience this. In this episode, we'll follow Joe's path from his high school jam band to creating large-scale events like Rock for Doe, hear about the history of music in Augusta, and hear what Joe's prognosis is for the future of music as well. Yeah, and I, and I think that you're going to see you know, people start live streaming their live shows to where you could pay five bucks to watch it, you know, almost a pay-per-view kind of thing. And stay tuned for something you have never heard before, and that's music played live on the Drop the Disc podcast. Welcome to Augusta's first tiny desk. We're so glad to have you here with us at Augusta Podcast Studio. for tuning in to Drop the Diss at Augusta Podcast Studio. This episode is presented by Nancy Powell. Uh, yes, yeah, she's our presenting sponsor for 2020, and uh, she is your realtor, your downtown broker for she is real, your estate. real estate broker. Yes, and uh, she is constantly on the lookout to help people buy and sell homes and she did just that for david and i we are living testimonials for how incredible nancy is uh she's a local business owner she supports our podcast uh you guys if you are in the real estate game at all if you're buying if you're selling if you're doing uh uh, investment properties nancy powell look her up at downtown Augusta broker and we do need to do a shout out for her anyways because she did just get married so we want to congratulate her Nancy congratulations oh my gosh (laughs) congratulations so but yes we want to if you want to get in touch with her uh the best way to get in touch with her is through her Instagram which is downtown Augusta broker that's right what's up guys I'm Chris What's up, guys? I'm David. Hey. Welcome to the Drop the Disc podcast. Yes, very excited about this first Augustus Tiny Desk episode with Joe Stevenson. Yeah, thanks for having me. This Absolutely. is super awesome. Yes. Super awesome. And real quick, tell us 
about yourself in just a one-liner, and then we'll start asking the questions. Okay. Right. Good. I was like, wow, where do I start? Um, What's your elevator pitch? <laughs> and, and go. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a musician, singer, songwriter, um, music producer, event producer, and um, husband, father of five, and yeah, got a lot, lot of balls in the air. You got all there the important yeah. stuff. So are you from Augusta? I grew up in Augusta. I always say, uh, you know, if you've been here long enough, you can't ever say you're 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 from Augusta because then people will start asking you uh, what your grandmother's maiden name is. Correct. And so I always say I was uh, born here in spirit, but not in body. Right. So what year did you get here? Um, it was I believe it was 1983 ish. Okay. Yeah. Ha- have you always been a musician? Um, you know, I my two older sisters are. Um, are singers. They both graduated from University of Georgia with uh, vocal majors. There you go. Nice. Get that in there. Um, Little sound effect for the people at home. <laughs> and uh, and then I just always had a passion for music. You know, ever since I was a kid, listening to you know the Top Forty Countdown all the way to one every week and recording it. And I knew you know I used my sisters used to show me off to their friends because I knew every word to every song. And, <laughs> um, and then I just got into playing guitar in sixth grade and got an electric guitar. And then that was all she wrote. Now, real quick question. 83, you said, is when you were here, got here. I believe it was 83. Were you, what year in education were you at that point? Um, so it was third grade. Third grade. So, so you were basically from Augusta. Yeah. So we can gossip about high schools and stuff with you. Oh, just, yeah. Just not your ancestors. What high school yeah. did you go to? So I graduated from Richmond Academy. Okay, okay. very yep. cool. Okay, yep. Augusta boy. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like yeah. I said, I, I'm from Augusta. Right. Um, I just always joke about the grandmother's maiden name. I'm, right. That's a good joke. Yeah. I'm so, going to start using it. So. <laughs> We brought the Stevensons brought some new blood to town. You know, and thank you, by yeah, the way. Thank so. you. Seriously, I believe uh, Rockford O has a little bit of a tie for you, right? There's yeah, a little tie there. What what is that? Um, you know, so it was. Uh, gosh, this will be. You know, when it happens, um, hopefully in the fall. Um, right. Right. We'll. Uh, um, it'll be the 16th year. Um, I was in, in it in the beginning, putting it together, um, the con, you know, the, from concept to, to the first event that, uh, Hootie did. And, um, it's just been, it's really been one of my, uh, proudest accomplishments because we've raised, you know, um, $1.6 million for a great program, um, which is first tee of Augusta. Absolutely. Um, and they just, for people who don't know, it's youth golf. Um, there's always been a tie with golf and music, um, anyway. Um, and so it's just been a good way to support, you know, um, someone who teaches core values to, to kids through the game of golf. So, and bringing great music to the city. Yeah. We've had a lot of, you know, it's, we've had a lot of great, um, support. I mean, all the artists donate their time. A lot of people don't realize that they, you know, um, and they come in and, and do it, um, you know, for expenses basically. Right. So, so Joe, tell us a little bit about the time in between, let's say Richmond Academy and the first rock for dough. So, so what kind of led you to become the person that is putting on these events and all the other things that you mentioned that there's not a chance I'll remember? Uh, <laughs> what, what's kind of that trajectory look like? Um, you know, I, I started uh, my, my band, People Who Must, in, um, in high school, and um, we put our first 
tape out. Um, and uh, what's that? Yeah, was it literally a mixtape? <laughs> it was a cassette tape. Oh. Yes, double sided um, or one sided? It was double sided. Yeah, yeah, flying high. I used to sell them That's for, five, for five bucks in That's high school. Eight songs, double sided. We had, I think there was about six songs on okay, there. Okay, yeah, so. Um, and so, you know, so I did that and I just, uh, you know, I've always been a very focused person and, um, and we just kept, you know, playing more and more and more and, uh, recorded some more and then got a, an indie record deal, um, and put out, uh, you know, in 95, we put out our first, in, you know, re- release on a label and we toured all through the nineties and, um, and then got off that label after a couple albums and did some independent stuff ourselves. You know, by the, by the end of 99, I was um, a little burned out cause we were, you know, road warriors always compared it to minor league baseball where it was, mm. you know, we were, you know, we got called up a couple of times, uh, due to injuries in the majors. <laughs> and, uh, and then we ended up, I felt like we kind of started being the favorite hometown. You know, there's always that one player right. that just can't quite, you know, for whatever reason, get to the, you know, it's all timing. Music is all timing thing. And so, um, once we became that 40 year old, you know, minor <laughs> league baseball player yeah. that's been there forever, um, you know, so, were, so were there any, were there any pinch me moments along the way? Uh, we had a lot of great moments. Um, you start for the uh, the Giants at all on your trip? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we got to play some legendary places. We got to play CBGBs in New York City, and Very we got, cool. got to open up for. I mean, when when Cowboy Mouth was had a huge hit with Jenny Says, um, we got to open up a sold out show um, at the Roxy in Atlanta, and we you know played with just countless from Derek Trucks to. Um, Otis Day, you know, oh, I got that's cool. I got, wow. to, I got to say, Otis, my man. Wow, <laughs> that's so cool. Fun, funny side story: we were playing the Hard Rock Cafe, and um, and he, we were opening for him, and then I saw him at the uh, at the hotel when we were checking in, and and, and uh, I was like. I had to do it. I was like, oh, that's my man. He looked at me. He goes, I know you. <laughs> so, that's great. So that was cool, you know, and 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 you know, so once I kind of burned out with with you know what I was doing, um, I rolled everything we had worked on with people who must behind Patrick Blanchard and created Patrick Blanchard and the Big Mighty. Um, basically, you know, all of our con yeah, you know, I just started managing the band. Um, and at the same time, I started, you know, I was asked to do a radio show, Homegrown, um, that later turned into the radar. So I kind of did a different. And that was on 95 Rock, yeah, right? Yeah, that was yeah. on 95 Rock. I remember listening to that. Yeah. Yes. And I did that for, you know, 13 years until they flipped the format um, over, uh, over at the. Uh, they couldn't radio convince station. you to do a radar hip hop? No, you know, <laughs> I was, I kind of, it was funny with, with the radar, I was. Always like I'll just do it until it runs its course, you know. And right. it's just like thirteen years later, then I added up the time. It was like <laughs> seven hundred and some hours, Ooh. and it was all these crazy, <laughs> you know. And and I did a lot, like you know, like you guys do here, where it's a you know I would pre-record in the early days because I was like I can't commit to come in every right. Sunday. Um, but it, what was cool about the the show was I got to play a lot of um, artists for the first time. I mean, I played. Um, you know Jennifer Nettles before she was in Sugarland, and I've and and you know Drive By Truckers, and just you know with Jason Isbell, you know interviewed yeah. Jason Isbell on my show. All that's super cool. Yeah, you know, all kinds of really really cool things um, with that as well. Um, so 
so then, you know, I'm, I'm slowly getting to the rock for dough, the right, space right. in between. Um, I got involved in 12 bands of Christmas and, and um, when give us a benchmark. Um, so people who must played it in 2000. Okay. okay. And then, um, I got involved in 2001, worked with, um, Coco and, um, Stoney and, um, and then Ruskin Jurgen and, and we created, um, the CD. That was the first year we did the 12 bands of Christmas CD. And it was wildly successful for the first few years. And like a lot of things, when the shine wears off, people kind of like, yeah, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so 12 bands was, you know, and, and I still do 12 bands today. It's just a, a little different. You know, we're not putting out the, the albums anymore. But um, so because of the su- success with, with 12 bands, um, I got a call. Um, well, it's, it's an interesting story. So this is, I don't know how much time we got, but this is a really interesting <laughs> we got story. It. How getting. much time do you have? So, <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things where, where the, if one thing happened differently, Rockford O probably would not have, would not be. Um, it was a 12, it was a, the Children's Miracle Network. Um, they were doing, um, uh, the, the telethon, um, yeah. you know, the, the annual deal. And so we were presenting a 12 bands check. And this is 2004. And um, so I could have been in Richard Rogers' line or Lori Ott's, you know, for the presentation. Mm-hmm. Well, I was in Lori's line. And um, we were chatting before the break. And she said, you know, what? You, oh, I, I did a little real estate in between. I was like, when I burned out too, I did some commercial real estate. I'd like to see a long form resume from you <laughs> yeah. when we're done with this, by <laughs> and, the way. And that, so anyway, so, you know, I was doing the real estate at the time and, uh, and as well as the music. And she asked what I did. And I said, you know, commercial real estate. She said, Oh, I used to do some of that in Texas. And then, then, uh, and I said, no, yeah, I used to be in a band, uh, people who must. And she, she said, did you open up for Cowboy Mouth at the Roxy? And <laughs> no blah, blah, blah. way. She was like, I was there. So we were like <laughs> instant friends. Yeah. And um, she just so happened to be on the board at the first tee. Okay. Okay. And so the other situation that was go- going on was... Simultaneously. Well, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. Um, the uh, the um, friend of mine, Andy Levine, who started all these cruise companies with Six Man... Um, he was helping his friend, who now manages Luke Combs, but in the players' locker room, they were he was like the concierge kind of thing. And Andy at the time was um, was managing Sister Hazel, and had a new DVD. And they are buddies with Chris DeMarco, who was a Florida Gator guy, and they're all Gators, unfortunately. But Go Gators. Yeah, By the way, one of my favorite songs is "All for You." Yeah. Just oh, yeah. had to had to put that on record somewhere. That, that might be their only song. I went to see them in concert <laughs> in Augusta like two years ago just because I wanted to hear that song live one time. They yeah. do it well. It was incredible. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you a funny Sister Hazel story after after I get past okay. this other okay. world of weirdness. But uh and so um so he brought this DVD for Chris DeMarco, and uh, and one of the members was like, "Oh, I love Sister Hazel." You know, picked it up and looked at it, and so they started talking. And the member was also on the board at the first tee and invited Andy to come in town to talk about some sort of fundraising concert. Lori was at this meeting and said, "Oh, we should get, um, we should." get this guy that does a lot of stuff in town, Joe Stevenson. And Andy said, I know Joe. I used to book his band down in Florida because Andy, cool. Andy used to book a couple of venues um, that uh, that we used to play. So that's kind of the weird world of rock, of kind of how Rockford O 
started. That's really cool. Yeah. It's it's really because if any any of those just minor if you know yeah what I mean really if if two minutes earlier two minutes later I might have been in a different line and he might not have set out the Sister Hazel. That's DVD. super crazy. Right, right. That's crazy. Um, so now that now that we're at Rockford Doe, um, the Rockford Doe is not the only thing you're putting on, right? Like, right. like there's other events you put on. W- what else? What else are you putting on locally? So, um, I mean, we we handle Border Bash. Um, we work with Westaboo. How long have you been doing that? Um, you know, I started with Border Bash in 2008 as that we were kind of the opening band. We did that for... That wasn't the year that you had Sister Hazel there. Sister Hazel was there one year. And yeah. I, I can't remember what year it was. No, Sister Hazel was a few years later when okay. it was at the um, train depot. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when are we right now? Give us a give us a little spot in the ground. So 2008 um, okay. Okay. Is, was the first year that I got involved. I mean, they had someone else running it. I was just, you know, the... You know, they asked me, a friend of mine who worked on the foundation said, hey, do you want to play? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to put a band together. I didn't even really have a band at the time, so I grabbed some guys and we... we yeah, I'd love to play. Give me yeah. a minute. Yeah, and so, you know, and so that went well. Um, and it was kind of a, it was kind of a good, it was kind of a good uh, year for it, too, because the band that they had, it was like all classic rock guys. You know, and that which is great, like, like, like cover bands kind of thing. No, no, like, like the guy, re, like actual classic, right? Like rock. the guy okay. that wrote Indigada La Vida and Green okay. Eyed Lady okay. and stuff like that, which was great, but it just wasn't really some new blood. They need some new blood in there. I mean, we got out there and played Blister in the Sun and stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah, you, of course, everybody was just a little more excited, right? And when I looked over and the guy that from the from Iron Butterfly was up there air guitaring and singing backups, I was like, this is kind of interesting <laughs> so one thing that we didn't plug you you run glue stick correct yes in case you wanted to put that out there right that wasn't that, you didn't that even that really that. is well i hadn't got i was getting oh, there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, we're, okay. so i mean glue stick started in 2007 okay so, okay um so i really just jumped a, a year ahead. okay um so my wife emily and i started glue stick music um and you know to to handle um, Rockford Doe, Border Bash, you know, all the things we were doing. I mean, we were involved in Banjo BQ for okay. the first five years of Banjo BQ. Um, and, um, you know, we just, uh, you know, it's been a good, good thing. I mean, we've, we've worked on, um, a lot of different events, not just here in, in Augusta, but, you know, all over. I mean, we, we work with, um, a good friend of ours, Patrick Davis on his songwriters in paradise. Okay deal and it's uh basically you know we it's in napa and hopetown bahamas and um that's things incredible like that. yeah. yeah so so and then I, I work on um some festivals i get brought in to help with some artist relations stuff so okay so is glue stick an event planning company we yes we okay. uh we you know i always say we are not promoters um, people, people okay. think, oh, well, you're promoters. It's so like, it's a great, it's a fine line kind of really, yeah, really a blurred line, I guess. Well, we, um, we get hired to, we get brought in to help kind of run the show, put everything together, but it's just, you know, as a, if you're a true promoter of music, I mean, you've got to, you're going to, you're going to win on a bunch and you're going to lose on a bunch. And if you don't have a bunch to put towards it. Um, it's just, it's, it's a big gamble and risk and, and this day and time, I mean, who knows what's going to go, go down later. 
Um, but yeah, so it's, it's been good, um, good stuff. So, and you know, we've continued managing. I mean, Blue Stick is also a management company. We managed a kid, um, uh, recently who's from here and moved to Seattle, um, a kid named Zosier, um, who's just incredible songwriter. Um, before that, you know, uh, when Patrick Blanchard decided to do his own thing, you know, worked with big mighty Brandon Bauer, who's back in town. He's amazing. You should have him on, on your show sometime. Noted. Too. Noted. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so we just, you know, we're really, um, you know, we, we like to help artists, you know, especially, you know, locally, and um, so, yeah. And that would go into what y'all kind of do at Metro Coffeehouse, correct? The songwriters? Right. And the, what, what is that? So, Southeastern Songwriter Series, um, I started um, a year ago, February, and it was just the idea of, hey, l- let's just do something that... Um, that can promote, you know, local singer songwriters. And I didn't want it to be something where I called all my buddies who were singer songwriters and said, come, please do this. So I just kind of put it out there and I was just shocked at, I mean, you know, we've had, you know, over 80 different singer songwriters and now people from out of town are wanting to do it. That's cool. And it's two rounds, you know, it's in the round each each person plays one song at a time. You know, is they, it similar to guitar pull? Theory? Yeah, same okay. thing. Yeah, it's just Nashville guitar pull kind of style storytelling. Awesome. And so everybody plays three songs, um, and then we have two another round um, after that. So it's seven thirty to eight thirty, eight thirty to nine thirty. It runs right on time. You know, because my whole thing is, and it's really the unfortunate thing about everything shutting down was that it was really growing in the listening room since i mean metro mm-hmm. is not necessarily known as shut up and listen kind of place right but people on a monday night that time of night they were coming out and um and really supporting it so that that was that was cool and we've done a couple of live stream deals um with that as well but so awesome. so you guys handle like all of these major events not only locally but it sounds like nationally um, and, and then you also have like these smaller kind of campaigns like the local music at Metro. How many people work for Glue Stick? You know, it's, it's, it's just me and my wife. And we, that's incredible. How do you guys find the time to do all of this? Well, we, you know, we have a lot of support from, from people in the industry. We, um, you know, we contract out, you know, at, for an event and, um, we've got, we've got people who freelance, um, you know, um, whether it's it just kind of depends on what the art and what the um right. event needs so we we truly just build a budget include what we need and and um and we kind of just go at it you know that's it that's incredible i mean i'd love to hire some people <laughs> right you know? right so <laughs> maybe after post covid post a bulletin or something <laughs> right, you know right yeah. now right now it's probably not the uh, best time to have you ever seen that book, that little red book um, called Little Guide Augusta? I think I've seen it in a couple places. Yes. So, in fact, I, I think I see it everywhere I go. Right. And if you haven't picked it up to look through it, you need to now. Little Guide to Augusta has partnered up with us, and they make a great spot in this booklet. It is a one-stop shop. You will see restaurants. You will see boutiques. You will see local services. You will even see Drop the Disc podcast. 
that is recorded in Augusta Podcast Studios. The coolest thing, Chris, is that after all the things you're describing, you would think I would have to pay for it. When in reality, you can pick it up for free at a boutique, at a restaurant, at your at a service place. Uh, I'm, I mean, really anything local, uh, the Little Guide to Augusta is an ambassador for all of our local brands. Right. And if you want to learn more about Little Guide to Augusta, go to our podcast that you're already subscribed to and look for the Stuart Rayburn episode. Yes. And you will learn more about that and what has gone into this book. And we are so proud to be a partnered up with them. They are, they are our, what we are representing here is exactly what they represent in their book. And, and Chris, while you mention incredible organizations in Augusta that promote local business, I can't help but also think of this incredible view behind us and how I can see the Cyber Center. Yes. And David, what is in the Cyber Center? The third floor of the Cyber Center uh, has the clubhouse in it. And we just talked to Grace and Eric who are the executive director and founder of the Clubhouse in Augusta. We talked to them last week. You guys have to check that episode out. They're the most incredible people, and they are working to hack Augusta and make it the best place that they can that it can be. Right, and you and I just came from there having a little business meeting about Augusta Podcast Studio. Right. And their space is incredible. It's inviting, it's welcoming, and they've got coffee, they've got space, they've got Wi-Fi, they have printers, they have everything you need to start up a business. Look no further. That's right. Not to mention the incredible Wi-Fi and the Fig Newton bars. Uh, I had one for lunch. (laughs) Not homemade. They were made by Fig Newton. (laughs) Check them out today. And now we're back with Joe Stevenson on Drop the Disc Podcast. We're going to talk a little Rockford dough. And don't forget to stay tuned for the Augusta Tiny Desk performance at the end of this episode. David, what was your first Rockford O concert that you ever went oh, to? Man. Okay, so and actually... Who, who was in the lineup? I can tell you, my first Rockford O was my mom took me uh, because great date. she loved... Can't go wrong. <laughs> she paid for my ticket. There you go. <laughs> uh, she loved Colby Calais. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that, so I went to Colby Calais. I think, uh, I mean, I can't even tell you when that was. I was in high school. Uh, I mean, it was probably 2010. Uh, she was like was the opener of then. the opener, I feel like. But it was she, good. It was. Yeah. Well, that who, was before she was like really, really, I would say big, honestly. Uh, yeah. Bubbly had come out. Right. Um, right. She, that was, I mean, she played a year that we had. Um, I think it was Hootie and Josh Kelly. I think I think that's right. Yeah, because I remember yeah. Hootie was there as well. When that was like 2010, right? That was at the Town Center, though. That might have been one of the no. first. No, it was at that Rock- was at first tee. Okay, yeah, that there was one that was. De- I must want to say, did she play twice? Josh Kelly played twice. Yeah, Josh, Josh Kelly played, came at. Josh he, was the first year, and then he played last year, and he, he might have played another. He year played too. at Lady A, I think. Oh yeah, potentially. He he had a piano and everything. I remember him coming. Yeah, yeah. He was he was on the first. I mean, the first Rockford Doe Bill. That's was, awesome. Was he was on that with Sister Hazel and yeah Hootie. Oh. See, okay. I, and honestly, like, well, Chris, let's okay. let's let you answer first. Okay. But I, I so go ahead. my first ever Rockford Doe was at First Tee. And it was Hootie, Collective Soul, and Dashboard Confessional. No. Dashboard Confessional. Dashboard Confessional was uh, with Cheap Trick. Cheap Trick. That's right. So I went to two, and they all are just colliding together. Yeah. (laughs) But I do. Was that 90s themed? 
Is that what you? You were know, doing? I mean, it's I, 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 I yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of all was '90s themed, I guess. But it was, um, you know, it's kind of who's available, you know, who can do it. Sorry, and- it was Hootie. And it was da- and it was. Uh, I do remember Collector Soul. Yeah, Hootie, I mean, Hootie and Collector okay, Soul played that together. Was, that was the second was a year. Fun. That was. Uh, I got their autographs. I got them in my yeah. closet right now. And we had Mike Mills from REM was the uh, okay. MC. Really? And actually, I think uh, Edison Project was there too. They were. Yep. And it's unfortunate what happened, but they were awesome. Oh yeah, we managed them too. Wow. There. Yeah, we actually. <laughs> David, do you know who Edison Project is? I have heard of them. Okay. Edison Project probably, in my opinion, is probably the best band, you know, that that came out of Augusta that just never did anything, you right. know, unfortunately. Their songs were great. They were, I, I used to do a thing at Wild Wing Cafe that was, um, we used to call it the Tuesday night gig, and basically what it was was it was a... Uh, music trivia and full band open mic night. Like we had everything okay. set up, and those guys would show up every week um, and play. And I was just like, man, I love these guys because they just, you know, they just they they look different. They right. sound. They've got great harmonies. They're good players. And then one night they showed up and they were all like crying and hugging each other. And it's like they were breaking up. I was like, why? You know, one uh, Micah was moving to somewhere up north and Zach was moving out to Arizona or something like that. And, and I was like, well, these songs are too good. So we actually, I put Dave and Reno in the studio and they recorded the first, um, Edison project record with, um, with a couple of guys with Jamie Jones and John Colbeck and, and Zach and Micah heard it and loved it and came back. And then, then we wow. were, then we recorded the the big record with Don Dixon and it, it was, it was, Pretty odd. They did some great Super touring. Cool. Yeah, we had some good time with those guys. I'm sure you did. Sorry, side just sidetracked. No, 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 it's all no. good. Hey, hey, we got it. We so, got it. So, Joe, I gotta ask somehow. you what What did you want to be when you grew up? A rock star. Okay. Yeah. Then we're here. Man. You, do you? Do you? I mean, I feel like you're. You've kind of done that almost. Like you have all of these like incredible performances that really, at the end of the day, you're the reason they happen. I, well, I appreciate that. I mean, I you know, obviously, it always takes a lot of people um, to for things to happen, and um, you know, I just I, I love what I do. I feel like I'm very fortunate to be able to to do to do this for a living, and um, you know, I mean, I've got five kids, and um, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 a lot to keep up with. Um, they get. They it get sounds some- like you have all the good parts of the rock star without like some of the maybe negative parts that can creep in. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just everybody wants, you know, when you're. I mean, you don't get into it to be a rock star, but right. you get into to it to be relevant, to be a relevant musician, singer, songwriter, or whatever it is, and have some success in those areas. And I've had moderate successes in those areas. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we, we've done a lot of work with nonprofits, you know, music, charity, fundraising sort of stuff. I mean, the, the really probably one of the biggest things I've ever done just happened in April. Um, we were approached by Gray Television, um, you know, WRDW to put together a telethon for local food banks. And um, we were, they said, hey, can you help us, you know, pull some musicians together and we'll produce it and, you know, we'll play it in Augusta and we'll probably could get in a couple other markets. We were like, yeah, sure. So we called all our friends that, that and said, hey, will you send us a song, you know, whatever song you want to do. And so it ended up being 
like um, <clears throat> Josh and Charles Kelly both sent one sent um, Christian Bush from Sugarland, Sean Mullins, Glenn Phillips from Toad the Wet Sprocket. I did one. Um, Patrick Davis, Lauren Jenkins, Chris Barron from the Spin Doctors. Nice. And wow. Seems like I'm leaving somebody else. Somebody out. Oh, uh, Scotty McCreary did one too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And, That's um, cool. And so it was called Singing for Their Supper. Well, once we got all those artists, it got picked up in 50 markets across the country from Maine to Hawaii. I was the host and wow. I got to play. The cool thing was it raised um, over a million dollars. That's crap. really for cool. one hour. And it was wow. it was for local food banks and you know, like Darius couldn't be on it, but he and he called in the show in Charleston and donated fifty grand and then matched up to another fifty or something like that. Wow. So you know, that that to me was like, you know, some really cool, cool stuff Absolutely. going on. I do have a question. So Old Dominion, they've changed their their whole genre changed. They started out alternative rock, and now they made it as a country band. Did your genre stay the same the whole way, or did you make did you make changes to make the the fans love you, or did you just stay um, straight? No, did you I, want to be a hair band at first? No, I had a lot of hair. It's at not first. possible. No, I had hair. I had some <laughs> long hair back in the day. Um, you know, we were always a pop rock band, and really, yeah. uh, if you know, if you listen, you know, my voice is the same. I mean, I might have more story kind of songs. So, you know, I would probably be um, categorized more in Americana country okay. vein. But it, country has shifted to pop rock, top 40. Yeah, absolutely. As it used to be, okay. you know. Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't think I've changed with the, you know, trend. I think it's just kind of the okay. trends. You know. And uh, you're now, you now have a band that's playing. And what's the name of that band? So... Well, I've got so the llamas, which <laughs> yes. is uh, yeah. Um, so it started. It's basically me and uh, my buddy Jason Sabo, and we were born at the Wild Wing Cafe on Washington Road. And and every time we were doing a duo thing, and every time we would play, I would post just some ridiculous something about making up something about Jason something, <laughs> and I'd post some ridiculous picture, either old picture of him and or whatever. And it was funny. And then when when I was running out of material, so I had these great pictures I took at the Columbia Zoo of this llama like years <laughs> ago. And it's like this white llama with a stark red background, real artsy picture. I'm not really a artsy photographer, but you know, I really right. captured it that day. <laughs> and so I posted the uh, posted the picture and I said, Tonight I, you know, I said Sabo wants to bring a llama to Wild Wing tonight. And I told him I didn't think it was a good idea, but he told me that the people would really like it. And, and so, so people showed up thinking we were going to have a llama and some of the <laughs> s- staff thought we were going to actually have a llama. So it was so ridiculous and, that we started calling ourselves the llamas. We have a cardboard cutout of a llama we put on stage that people get pictures with. And That's awesome. And, yeah. So it's just fun. You know, it's just a, it's just a drinking band. We call it fun, you know, fun music for fun people. It's right. just like, don't judge us. When, and if the, <laughs> if the word rhymes with llama, we'll say, you know, we'll say la, like rock, rock me llama like a wagon wheel, <laughs> stuff like that. You That's know? great. It's just so dumb. And it's just, but it's, it's, it's been one of the, the, you know, most satisfying, you know, things I've done musically because I just don't care. It's just like, we, right. We, it's for fun. We get too happy. We get trashed and, you know, <laughs> have fun. You know, That's awesome. So, uh, so Joe, you're extremely plugged in 
there, there's obviously a lot of uncertainty going on. And, and you, you even mentioned it yourself with, you know, all the programs, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. What do you see the future of kind of music entertainment in Augusta? Like, how do you see that? Do you, do you think that uh, it's going to be like a healthy community? And, and do you think it's going to be able to come back quickly? Do you think people are going to be adapting? Uh, are we going to get some Zoom concerts? Uh, what, what do you think is going to happen? Um, you know, I think it's uh, it's hard to say right now. Um, you know, I think, will we get back to normal? Absolutely. I think, you know, concerts and, you know, I, I think things are going to be different. Definitely will we'll be totally different um, with how things are handled um, on the administrative side, you know, venue-wise, you know, insurance-wise, all that. Um, bands will be touring again. Um, I think it's going to be baby steps. I think a lot of the large bands are going to, you know, not go out until probably after the first of the year. Um, you know, once there's a vaccine or some sort of treatment, then people are going to really, then it's, then it's basically all said and done. Yeah. It's all, it's all over. <laughs> but, okay. um, my feeling is that, you know, it, more intimate shows that you can have the, uh, social distancing and then those are the things we're going to really focus on. Um, some of our like hometown harmony, uh, project concepts where it's just, you know, singer songwriters and, um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, it's just hard to say right now. It's just such a weird time. Um, but I also believe that because of all the live streaming, I think you're going to see a lot more live streaming content continuing with live shows. Even you know? even like post, like even 2021. Yeah, and I, and yeah. I think that you're going to see, you know, people start live streaming their live shows to where you could pay five bucks yeah. to watch it, you know, Almost a pay-per-view kind of so thing. So you think this could end up being like a great thing for musicians? Um, I mean, if, if we can get through it. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it's 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 been hard. You know, we've been, everybody's been hard hit. Um, you know, I always felt like if I ever came on hard times, I can always pick my guitar up, go play a gig, make a few hundred bucks. And, and but that's not even, a, you know. Now you got to sit down, set up a camera, Get some staff, do a live yeah. stream, charge people for it. It's, it there's a yeah. few steps, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, you know, Sabo and I did some llama streams, which were fun. And <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, we called it the Llama Live Llama Love Live Streaming Jameson Drinking Game Show, and uh, <laughs> and so we basically, and then we did the Venmo deal. And the first time we did it, we just you know collected money for ourselves, and then we were. I, I just felt weird, like. If we we're going to do it more than a couple of times, I don't want to go on there and go, hey, Venmo me. Uh, so right. we started collecting money for um, to buy meals for hospital workers. And so that's cool. That's and incredible. then we bought them from uh, Wild Wing Cafe. Um, you know, so we uh, we did that. And, and, you know, we've done quite a quite a few. Meals. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's do been good. Do you have a favorite local Augusta musician aside from yourself and the llama? <laughs> Um, that might be a hard question. That it, might be a hard question. You know, I mean, there's there's so many talented um, Augusta musicians and, um, you know, talented writers. I think you'd, I'd have to almost put them more in categories. Okay. You know, and it might take a while for me to really think about it because the minute I say one name, I'll be like, yeah, but then there's... Right. Um, Maybe we should do a bracket challenge. Ooh. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I feel like I listen very subjectively and, um, there's some, you know, through the singer songwriter thing, um, you know, you come across, there's a girl, Shakia Chanel, who I'm just in love with. She has the, just the coolest voice and she quiets a room. I mean, she's a type person when she starts singing, people hold their phones up and video, they video her. It's just so mm. such, such good stuff. And, um, yeah, my buddy, John Kruger, such a great songwriter right. and, um, yeah, there's, yeah, there's just a lot of lot that's, of great that's fair. singers. I'm I, glad I, to hear that. It's honestly. probably hard for you to take sides too. I don't. I mean, I don't know necessarily if it's taking sides. I mean, I, I'm I'm a very honest person when it comes to to stuff. I'm not gonna you know BS anybody about sure. you know um, you know I kind of you know I've been in this long enough. I feel like I've got a pretty good ear for you know. You know, you don't have to be the best singer, but, you know, I like unique singers. I like something that, you know, even if you're not hitting every single note, but if you have some cool, you know, cool thing to your voice, that's right. always, that can work too, you know. I actually do have two questions, and one of them is the drop the disc question. So we're closing in on the end of this interview. Um, but <clears throat> when we had first met at Metro Coffee House, uh, you had you were bragging on the city that there's a lot of artists that have come through the city that, and yes, a lot of the venues don't exist anymore, but off the top of your head, off your cuff, could you kind of give us some artists that we maybe didn't know came through here? We all know James Brown. Sure. But who else came into our city and overwhelmed the city with their music? Well, I mean, with a, a market our size, um, there's not. It's not that they necessarily came through and and it was like a wow moment. I mean, probably the biggest name that was a wow moment would be like Bon Jovi when they came in in whatever year I was in high school, or you know when Elton John played. You know, those right. are those are yeah. artists that do not play the size market just because there's not a because um, you, you have Atlanta and Charlotte and, the, and the big major cities. Um, but, you know, a lot of artists came through on their way up um, that people just didn't even realize. I mean, Green Day, you know, they played down at a little laundromat um, with Brian Allen's band, um, which is, I think, if you want it, best Augusta band name ever, it was Nito Torpedo. Freaking <laughs> best band. I always love that name. Um, <laughs> Nito Torpedo. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so, you know, and then we had Blue Horse Music Hall that we ran for a while in 2006. And, I mean, we had a bunch of artists come through from, you know, I mean, Zach Brown played. It was a 200-seat venue. You know, Zach Brown, Lady Annabelle might, might have been their second show. I used to run sound at the Red Lion um, pub and, um, and you know, God, I ran sound for, I mean, Jennifer Nettles a ton of times. Wow. and and um guster played there and i mean it's just it's really crazy how many how many people have come through and and with that it's like that's why you should go out even if you don't necessarily know you know know the artists you're not like a fan fan um you know you should always try and at least a couple times a year go and try and explore and experience something right. new and that's what i love about like the westaboo festival Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I am blown. I mean, so, you know, my wife, you know, Emily works with with Christy Jilson and they work real close on right. who to book, who makes sense, who would be interesting because it's an art festival. And and then it's handed over to me. Um, and so I do my thing, you know, I advance it. And, I, but, and then I'm always just blown away by the, the talent by the, the artists. I'm like, oh, my God, I wish more people could experience this. And I wish that you could 
get that experience out there to people you know, to come. Right. I mean, last year was Magic Giant. Oh my God. They're incredible. That was great. They're incredible. They were, yeah, it was just like, you know. They're on my, they're on one of my playlists on Spotify. You got to keep listening to them. They're great. Great. Yeah. They popped up on something and I screenshot it and uh, posted it on Instagram. They liked it. I mean, yeah. You know, so, I mean, there's, you know, there's just been a a lot of artists that have rolled through. Avid Brothers. Yeah. Stillwater. Yeah. Yeah. Stillwater Tap Room. Yeah. They, you know, um, it's, it's just, you know, I would love. Um, yeah, I see you have the little guy at Augusta here, yeah. and I, I um, you know, I, I've always talked to um, Stuart and Brian about. You know, it'd be really cool if there was a walking map of of older venues or you know who played. Right. And, you know, there was a a, a place uh, called the Post Office Nightclub on Washington Road. Um, and I mean, everybody played there. I mean, we when right. we got our start in People Who Must, it was. Um, uh, you know, we got to open up for, you know, tons of people, you know, mm-hmm. and um, so, yeah, that's really cool. Okay, so we're called Drop the Disc Podcast, and it stems from people that consistently are dissing the city of Augusta. And so if someone were to come up to you and just talk neg- negatively about the city, what what would you tell them? You know, I mean, that happens. I, I people do in, and what I tell them is, is the growth of the city, um, in the last, you know, five years even, um, and where the city is going with all the cyber and, you know, there's a lot of money coming into this market. Um, I think we're going to see, um, you know, a lot of great things happen to this downtown, um, area and surrounding areas to that, that gives it, you know, where, where you have the awesome, you know, feel of the 10th, 11th street area, that's going right. to I think be all of downtown, not just on broad street. Um, you know, where it comes to music and people are, you know, especially you get, you hear a lot of local bands, you know, we don't have a music scene. It's like really no one really, what town other than the obvious ones has some massive music scene anymore. You know, I, I think that a music scene is, is what you make of it. And, and I, and that's one thing when people are dissing the Augusta music scene, it's like, we've got, we've got, you know, freaking James Brown was from here and he loved Augusta and called Augusta home. He didn't flee, you know, right. I mean, you know, Charles Kelly, even though he lives in Nashville with Lady A, he, he and Dave call Augusta home and they do a lot of things for Augusta. So, um, I just feel like, you know, if you go to, really even a big city you go to atlanta on a whatever night tuesday thursday whatever no, if no one knows who you are and you're in a band you know it doesn't matter if you're in an atlanta band in the atlanta scene or an augusta band going to atlanta play no one's gonna be there because right. nobody knows who you are yeah. so so does that mean atlanta didn't have a scene or athens or you know and so that's kind of my my take on it i think people are, are ignorant when they and you get a lot of people who come to town that are from bigger cities and i get it you know maybe there's not as much to do if you're you know in your 20s you know young professional and you're looking to go clubbing or whatever does that just mean there's less bars is that what that means i you know i don't know i kind of you know i don't i don't know um (laughs) so i just think it's you know what you make of it so that's that's always a thing that kind of you know bugs me i appreciate that because we've never had it from a music perspective yeah that's awesome thank you for taking it there yes i gotta ask you one more question i've just always wondered this what's darius rucker like (laughs) 
Oh, he's a great dude. I mean, he's... <laughs> I figured he was. Yeah. He seems like he's so much fun, like, whenever he's yeah. performing. Yeah, he, um, you know, he loves what he's do- what he does. He's had... He's been hit by lightning twice with, with Hootie and then the solo career, you know, um, that's been wildly successful. And, and then really maybe three times with Hootie coming back and having right. the biggest yeah, tour right. last summer. Um, but no, he's a super nice, you know, very generous guy. Um, he, you know, first he named an, a, a, a scholarship after him um, that they give out every every year just because, I mean, he's played, you know, 13 or so of the Rock for Does. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that like I said, he donates his time. So he's kind of one of those guys, you know, so it's, it's, once you kind of get to know him enough and, you know, he's, you know, it's like anybody else that's at that level once they're comfortable, they're a lot more relaxed. Right. You yeah. know, um, that's cool. Yeah. That's so. super cool. Thank you for indulging. Seriously. Yeah, I, yes. I needed somebody to tell me he, he seems like a fun guy. So Chris, um, we love to do podcast episodes. Uh, and while we do podcast episodes, we love to drink beer. Oh, definitely. And we, specifically drinking local but right also we love to drink savannah river breweries beer yes sir and you you've been drinking a, a blunky kong this episode it's gone it's gone and uh but they've they've got great beer they've got a new barrel system to make more small batch beer and they've got a session ipa that just came out called smash the smash bros ipa i don't know if it's called smash bros it's not but the can it's so cool the can is the coolest thing ever if someone in texas does not want to buy this beer they're crazy it the can itself is awesome but better they're the Smash is an acronym for the hops they're using it's single malt and single hop smash not only are we getting very incredibly clever names out of Savannah River Brewery, but their beer is fantastic. Their branding is awesome. They're supporters of the show. Thank you so much. Savannah River Brewery. Thank you. We ready? Joe, thank you for that incredible interview. There's only one more thing we have left to do. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Stevenson. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. And... um. And it's fun, you know, going back, and I don't get to talk about that stuff um, very often. It brings back some great memories. Um, so I'm gonna play this song that's uh, that's kind of, um, you know, about memories and 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 capturing time. And uh, and I actually, for the first time, put out my first um, uh, solo EP during this time. It's called Shelter from the Norm, Volume One. I'm gonna put out a Volume Two, six songs that I recorded at the house. Um, but this one's on it. This is called White Wedding Dress. There's a marker outside of town. It's faded just like the sun going down A civil war battleground Forgotten memory I drove right past it, I looked at her The highway miles turned to blur Sleeping in her wedding gown A perfect memory 
a perfect memory Take a picture Take a photograph Cause these are memories now A permanent part of your past Something to remind you In case you forget Nothing lasts forever Except this picture of you In your white wedding dress Life is new in a stranger's town Staying home after sundown You put up that wedding gown And perfect memories TV dinners and rerun shows we work our lives to watch those babies grow Always figure someday I'd know The perfect memory These perfect memories Take a picture Take a photograph these are memories now A permanent part of your past Something to remind me In case I forget Nothing lasts forever Except this picture of you In your white wedding dress Kids grow up and they got some kids of their own now And it's not too long before they all leave home We start all over with just you and me And uh, life starts fading like that battleground sign into perfect memories Take a picture Take a photograph Cause this is a memory now A permanent part of your past Something to remind you In case you forget Nothing lasts forever Except this picture of you In your white wedding dress Wow. That was incredible. Thank you, thank you, thank that you. That was incredible. Can I, can I just say real quick that I the artists I'm picking up on that you're maybe you're not mimicking, but something that I can relate to matchbox 20. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, that. for uh, sure. And, but I would even say Jason Isbell lyrics. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. So yeah. a mixture of that, and that's what I hear. Yeah, I, I mean, I you know, I love Matchbox 20 and uh, Counting Crows, and that was kind of my, uh, a little bit of, I'm one of my biggest influences, um, you know, R.E.M. and Bruce Springsteen, too. So yeah. it's like, that's kind of weird. And beautiful. That, that's a mashup of, of a lot of influences there. I'll be honest, I did not think I'd hear that voice coming that from beautiful. Your, Holy your, crap. your talking voice and your singing voice are totally different. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that a compliment? I don't I know. I think that is a compliment. I think that's a compliment. I, I, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> so. I would say Luke Bryan talks like he sings. Yeah. yeah. And you don't. Oh, I think. Yeah, yeah, so okay. I think that's a great thing. Yeah. So I appreciate that. <laughs> So, you got another one for us? Yeah, you guys want one yeah, more? Let's do, let's do one more. Here. So, um, so I play a song I wrote um, for my grandfather um, who passed away in 2011, and um, and basically, you know, I mean, I knew him as Opa. You know, we had, we called him Opa and Oma. Um, not, I mean, he was Opa, and then my grandmother was Oma, just to clarify, because that'd be kind of weird. Um, but anyway, so, you know, he just had some great, you know, he's a World War II um, veteran. Um, he was in the early stages of Vietnam when the advisors went in. Um, and and then he retired, and, you know, it, it. and I got to know him and grow up, spending a lot of time with him. But, um my aunt wrote down, she moved from, um, her husband was in the Navy and they moved from Maine to Arizona. And so my grandparents, um, drove them there to help move. And she got my grandfather to tell all of his stories from little kid stories to war stories. And she wrote them all down. And one year, um, for Christmas, uh, she gave me a handwritten book. She had written all these stories down, and they were all my grandfather's stories. And I was just like, "What the hell is it?" You know, I was like, "Thanks." And um, and then when I started reading the story, war. I mean, the stuff he did in in World War II was it was crazy. I mean, he was in it. I mean, he was like glider, you know, pilot dropping in dead of night kind of stuff. And and um, and so so when he passed away, um, I pulled the book out and, and, uh, started pulling, uh, bits and pieces of stories out. And so I wrote this, this song, um, so it's called Opa. Best damn present that I ever had was a book of stories told by my granddad. It was Christmas, 1987. I didn't care much when it was given to me. I tossed it aside and I was 15 and I figured I'd heard it all before. Like one about the shotgun on the front porch. His finger got stuck in the barrel of course. His daddy said, only one way to get it out. All the time he got in trouble, mama tied him to a tree. A big old snake came up slowly, man. I bet that was a sight to see Sometimes it seems Lives are just dreams But they could put yours On the silver screen The stories unfold They slowly grow And learn all the things That we didn't know 
Said a patch of junks is just a fork in the road with a Ford V8 But Jack and I rode in a Model A with Mama seated chest And people would come from miles around Just to hear the first radio anywhere in town Daddy would dance, Mama would hide her ass well, he met Laura May when she was 15. She must have been the prettiest girl he had seen. They got married right before the war. And an airborne unit at Camp McCall arrived in Liverpool just before the fall of the day. My mama was born. Sometimes it seems Lives are just dreams But they could put yours on the silver screen The stories unfold Slowly grow And learn all the things that we didn't know He flew glider planes behind enemy lines Won a bronze star for keeping home alive In that times, heroes to the cause Finally came home after the war Life was pretty good as far as he could know Till he got the call, it was time to go In 58, Vietnam, 14 more months gone, gone Sometimes it seems, life's just dreams But they could put yours on the silver screen Stories unfold to slowly grow and learn all the things that we didn't know. He got retired in '69, became our opa, everything was fine. The rest of the story I got to live through. So the best damn present that I ever had was a book of stories Told by my granddad, didn't know it then But now I sure do Thank you so much for that. Thanks. That, I'm so glad you came and did this. This is this awesome. This is incredible. This is a great first Augustus Tiny Desk. I hope that anyone <laughs> can live up to this. Joe, thank you uh, I so it. much for being here uh this is our show and and we just really appreciate it yeah man you were incredible thanks for having me absolutely hey guys i hope you enjoyed that augusta tiny desk first episode with joe stevenson it was awesome the music was great the quality was great we loved the conversation and we loved hearing about his history here and how he started as a third grader in Augusta and now is helping put on these awesome concerts and now you can hear some of his own music on this show on a scale of 1 to 10 this was minimum 15 I minimum. mean he was incredible absolutely and if you love this show we would love it if you could go subscribe to this podcast and even go to the next level and rate this show give us a review tell us what you like about it maybe what we can improve on it and we'll listen to you because we want to be the best for our listeners as possible and don't forget to tell a friend the least you can do just tell a friend right tell a friend and we want y'all to get excited for next week's episode with sandy crowley 
If you're not familiar with her, you might know her Instagram handle as Augusta Golf Girl. She has a great story to tell. We cannot wait for you to hear it. The marketing genius behind the whole Frog Hollow enterprise in Augusta. Yes. 